0: Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911.
1: Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. Three man car today. Jess Romero, Paul Clay, Jason Murphy. Here to talk about man's. Male Catholic male spirituality, uh, there's a group started by a young man. His name is Jason Murphy. And, and this, this movement or this apostolate is called the Martyr's Walk. We got a short little clip. I want you to watch this little video. Then I want to talk to the founder of the Martyr's Walk and ask him some questions. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip, please?
2: As the secular world continues to attack manhood, the home, and Christianity, the time has come for the steadfast men of the kingdom to take a stand. Men have become far too at ease, complacent, and careless in their roles as the men. Fathers and spouses that God has called them to be. The remedy for this apathy is the Martyr's Walk. The Martyr's Walk seeks to push each man to his breaking point in mind, body, and soul, allowing him to recognize the self-made constraints and obstacles he has imposed on himself and permitted others to impose on him fall well short of his God-given potential for greatness. The only competition a man will face on this walk will be himself. The walk takes place August 24th through the 26th in North Carolina. Go to the themartyrswalk.com. And fill out an application today. Will you be ready? I like
1: what I see. Paul, what about you? What do you think? Well, uh,
2: just, <laughs> uh, I know you like what you see because, uh, uh, for every for the audience and most of them know that you are a full contact kind of a Catholic, uh, ex boxing champion, ex national kickboxing champion. So when you see that kind of stuff, I know it just speaks to your soul. Like <laughs> well, you're, you're ex military, ex law enforcement. You've been through that uh, type of training indeed. all your life. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So uh, I love it as, as, as men of the uniform. Uh, I like the the approach, and and we know this is. This is uh, church
1: militant. So um, I like what I see. <laughs> so, so we've got with us in the studio, Paul, we've got Jason Murphy. He's the founder of the Martyrs Walk. Uh, he's probably about a half our age. and But he, he's starting this movement. And I think this is very good. I mean, this the Holy Spirit prompts different Catholic men to start different apostolates. There's something for everybody out there. And I think this is going to tap into a large segment, especially of young Catholic men. So I want to welcome Jason to the show today. Paul, you, have, you want to lead with the first question with Jason here. Yeah, well, I'd like to ask one
2: question and, uh, so that Jason could share it with the audience. And that's basically, you know, how he was inspired to do this and, and you know, and, and the need to do it. Well, you know, what brought this about?
3: Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, really a blessing to be with you. Um, Jesse, you know, you were you were here in Charlotte with us uh, several years ago for our Catholic Men's Conference of the Carolinas, I think in 2010 or 11. So uh, full circle here. Love being with you and uh, I look forward to getting into it. Um, so the martyr's walk. Um, I, I think this uh, as easy as I can explain it is it has been years of work by our Lord. Um drawing me to help lead men uh but i think it begins with leading myself uh because i've always needed that i've always had a great desire for that uh my 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 reversion back to the faith came uh, approximately 25 years ago uh just a tattered and torn young man involved in a lot of bad things drugs alcohol womanizing all this um and i happened to stumble into a traditional latin mass after not being at church uh, for for several years and um through that uh, i began uh just really really understanding the beauties of our faith and began uh just a a real deep dive into into the catholic faith which which led me on a vocational discernment for the next few years um in in my early 20s and uh, i actually spent a little time in seminary traditional seminary and um after discernment, you know, I came out around the year 2000. Met my wife, and there was a there was a na- there was a lacking there, you know, because I'd been in such strict formation uh, for for so many years and learning and and the faith, and you know, back at spit out in the world uh, for a man, kind of just back out in society, it, it, it was it was tough, it was dangerous, and uh, I I I was approached by the Knights of Columbus. And, uh, at our local, uh, church, my wife was a convert. So I, I attempted to bring her into the traditional Latin mass and it was just, uh, it was a little much for, for non-practicing Baptist, uh, especially Mm. when I was, you know, serving and in the scola and, uh, you know, three hour ceremonies in the middle of the night. Uh, it it, it was just, it was, it was a tough sell. So, so I ended up, you know, (laughs) Yeah. One of those. So, you know, she had essentially told me she'd never be Catholic. And I think that was, you know, so I think through prayer and discernment, you know, we ended up uh, kind of meeting halfway and, and she she came into the church church through our local cathedral, which is one of the, you know, one of the more orthodox uh, churches in our diocese. And our diocese, Diocese of Charlotte, is actually a pretty staunch place for Catholicism. Um, nice. So joining there, the Knights approached me. I got involved with the Knights. Uh I was able to see through the age and the gray hair because I was about 30 years younger at the time. I, I may look a little young, but I'm 49. So I'm 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 you know it I'm it's catching up with me. I, but, I was
2: gonna uh, I, I was gonna tell Jessica, he, he just looks like he's half our age, Jessica.
3: <laughs> Yeah, so, so good 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 Italian jeans, I guess, masculine yeah. jeans back in the day. So um, saw the Knights, the men there were, they were serious about what they did. And that's going back 20 years. That's Mm. before you could go online and sign up and, and just, you know, hand out Tootsie Rolls and, 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 and sign up for insurance. I love the Knights, but the Knights are a dead horse right now. And I hate to say Mm. that I love the Knights. I'm actually the grand Knight of our council and it's Mm. been a struggle for a long time. Mm. Um, so I got involved with the Knights through the Knights. We started the Catholic men's conference of the Carolinas, which really brought a lot of new young blood into it. That it was, it was a, we had our we had our our, our purpose back. It seemed, um, and and that went on for for a while, and uh, you know not unfortunately, but fortunately, we started having children, and now we have six. So for those years between maybe twenty twelve and twenty nineteen, I kind of went on hiatus, and um, but I always had that urge, like I needed to serve. And one day I got a call from the the organizer in twenty nineteen, and he said, "Hey, we need some life back into this thing. What do you think?" And I just said yes. And the right. reason I said yes is because I needed it. I needed that fellowship, and I knew, uh, and as sadly as it sounds, I needed to be out there doing the work to make sure you know I, I was involved as well. And uh, I picked the ball back up, started running with it, and I thought that was it. Okay, I'm back. I'm, I'm you know that's my purpose. Well, God, you know, nope, that's not your purpose. It's part of your purpose. So uh, I was approached by our local Catholic uh, radio station, Carolina Catholic Media. David Papandria, who's the president, and he said, Hey, you know, uh, you know, we were collaborating here with the men's conference. What do you think about doing uh, a men's show once a week? And I was like, That's a lot. Uh, but okay, challenge accepted. Uh, I, you know, like like you guys, it sounds like you like a challenge. I've got a second degree black belt, mixed martial arts, and I box. So I like challenge. I like to be, I like to push myself, see what I'm capable of. So I said yes, and I thought, okay, this must be my purpose, doing a men's show. Uh Well, that wasn't my purpose. It was another stepping stone to what I think is now my purpose. And um, through that, I began to meet men across this country and realize there were a lot of guys out there. There's these lone wolf guys out there that are still doing the grind and they're trying to be Catholic and they're trying to be faithful. And, mm-hmm. and it's hard to hear their voice because the world is just squashing them right now. But mm-hmm. through that, I really started to get in contact with a lot of great men. And Daniel Vu, who I know, uh, Jesse, you're, and you guys are f- very familiar with, you know, became one of those guys and uh, and numerous others. Uh, and so through that, you know, we started this kind of just keeping in touch, this bond, this prayer, this fellowship. And uh, I happened to see one of these boot camps. Uh you know, these these Christian boot camps. I, I had looked years before and I thought, well, that's kind of neat. I would like to challenge myself. I'm always up. You know, my wife's like, you know, you, you're you crazy. You know, you'd like to be thrown in a trunk and taken somewhere and and, and have to fight your way out. And I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, so, <laughs> so, so I saw one of these boot camps um, and it wasn't that extreme at all. But I thought, well, let me see if there's anything Catholic out there like that. And I found a couple of uh, men's retreats. And of course I'd been on numerous Ignatian retreats and those are intense and they're beautiful. They're wonderful. Um, And I saw a few, uh, you know, kind of rustic um, type Catholic other organizations out there, but there was nothing that was kind of hitting on this, this, this integrated Catholic boot camp. And so I found one down in Dallas and I thought, well, I'm going to take a trip down to Dallas and just see how they do it. And I'm going to be open and I'm going to be prayerful and just see, you know, I don't want to go down and replicate something else. I want something, you know, that I feel like God can use and we can use men can use within our 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 Catholic faith. And I did that and it was great. It was nothing anti-Catholic, it was Christian based, but there had this spirit of uh this prosperity gospel that kept kind of coming to the surface. And um and I saw different glimpses of this event. I'm thinking, man, if they had the sacraments, if they could tie this piece with confession, if they could tie that with the holy Eucharist, if they could have the model of saints and all of yeah. these things, but I didn't know
2: the fullness so, of the faith.
3: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So the last day, we're going to our most difficult trial, and we knew it was going to be difficult. It was back in February. It was forty degrees in, in Dallas at the time. The water that we knew we were going to have to get into was about forty degrees, and it was going to be tough. We were blindfolded. We were in a van, and we're traveling, and I was praying, I was thinking, and and I've told it, and I keep saying, and I was a little shy of saying it was a revelation, but now I'm sticking to it. It was a revelation that God gave me, and he put this on my heart and in my soul, and I had this vision, not a vision, I don't, I don't know what anybody think I was having these, these big big visions, but I, I had this vision, I guess, this revelation, in this blindfold, and I thought, what if I've been taken against my will, and I'm in this van with these other guys, and we don't know where we're going, but we do know that they're going to try and kill us. They're going to try and have us deny Christ. That's what they're going to do. And I, it just it sat on me and it entered me and and it and it just became this this thing. It, it became this very intense thing. Hold and
1: thought, Jason, hold that thought. Hold that thought, Jason. We're coming yes, to heartbreak. Sir. You're listening to Jesus 911. We got Jason Murphy from Founder of the Martyrs Walk. He's explaining how this uh, this organically came came. Uh, fruition. We'll be right back. Stick around.
0: Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151.
1: Jesus 911, 3 man car Jess Romero, Paul Clay, we've got Jason Murphy. Jason, you got a pretty incredible story. Uh, we want to ask you a series of questions, but if you can keep them to about one minute or less, I know there's a whole lot you can talk about right now. Uh, by the way, if people want to, to be part of this organization, participate in this, what's the website they go to?
3: The martyrswalk.com. If you can Google okay. The Martyrs Walk, it'll pop right up.
1: Okay. keep the. I, I, w- I want you to finish wrap up the story here. Uh, because we have a series of questions to ask you. Go ahead, Jason.
3: Yeah, I apologize. I gotta get the brakes pumped on me. I start getting worked up and excited about this. So <laughs> so so real fast, you know, the the martyrs walk at that moment. I I, I visualized, you know, being taken to martyrdom and uh, got to the to the the final test that we were put under. And I um I I was just a man possessed by the Holy Spirit. And it was born at that moment. And I thought, I need to recreate that for a man so that a man can know what he is capable of. Because in that moment, I was able to see what I was capable of. And it was way beyond what my physical body was telling me at the moment. So mm. that's what the Martyr's Walk is all about.
1: You know what's wow. funny, Jason? You know what's funny? There's a, that's actually part of a true story. There's a priest friend of mine in Florida. Uh, his name Father Philip Scott. That's what ha- He went to Columbia, uh, to Peru. He was kidnapped by the cartel, the Peruvian cartel. They knew he was a, because he was preaching against the narcotics in, in, in Peru uh, as a Catholic priest. He was just one of those bold priests, like a, he was a Strickland, you know, uh, Altman type priest. And so the Peruvian uh, cartel, they beat him up in the sacristy, they threw him in a gunny sack, they put him in a trunk of a car, and they took him to the desert. Uh, they pulled him out of the trunk, they put guns on his head, and they said, we're going to kill you here, and we're going to leave you here for the animals, and uh, all of a sudden, Father Philip Scott said, go ahead, do what you got to do, they let him out of the gunny sack, he looked at them, because I'm praying, and I'm telling them, Father, forgive them, for they not know not what they are doing, he says, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, they looked, they, they holstered their guns, got back in the car and left me. He says, I had to walk back about 40 miles into the city. He goes, but they didn't execute me. He goes, I just stood there and I just prayed to God and asked God to have mercy on on them if they were going to execute me. And so what you're saying right now, he said, I was praying the whole time in the trunk of the car. I could could see ourselves going through this. uh, I I knew we were going up a mountain. He says, I said, Lord, if this is the way I'm going to die, that's fine. He just resigned his death to the Lord at that time, so it's funny you say that because I know a priest that didn't go through this martyrs wow. walk wow,
3: but having said it, this,
1: it, yeah, having said this um t n w the
3: martyrs walk gears toward who's the target audience every man okay simply every man yes yes Catholic or not every man
2: yes you know uh um Jason, I noticed that you mentioned that you were a revert. So was I. And, uh, it's just, uh, uh it, it, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but a good thing because now I, 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 like you, I would imagine, like, you know, like you, I'm a Catholic by conviction, right? And, uh, right. it's just, uh, uh, yeah, we, we've gone full circle, but, um, So after somebody were to go through this boot camp, is there any type of follow up? What happens
3: after? Absolutely. This is not a one and done. This is not a magic pill. This is going to fade. This, you know, the enemy, as soon as you go there and he knows that you've now seen what you're capable of, he is going to be fighting you to make sure you never go there again and you aren't given the opportunity. Um, the, The important factor here is that they will be they will be building brothers for life. During this Mm -hmm. event, Um, we 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 plan on expanding and having, you know, alumni events and things like that. But 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 as far as the immediate return, uh, we do have a rule that that the men do follow that uh, the ones who have participated in our beta and are now our instructors. And it's 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 a it's a rule of life. And it's it's somewhat based on the the uh, the order of the Knights Templar and Third Order Dominicans and it has to do with diet it has to do with exercise it has to do with your faith and prayer and 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 combat physical fitness and that is uh it's the queen of martyrs templars um and it, that rule is what we want to be able to give. So in some of these other boot camps, these Christian boot camps, and this prosperity gospel, they give you these networking opportunities and how you can pay to have Zoom calls with all these gurus of uh, business yeah. and all this. No, this is we have. There's no charge. We basically want you to come and do the take the martyr's walk, and then we are going to provide this and this brotherhood, nice. the support, this way of life. Yes. No one's going to do it perfectly, but it's okay. there as a guide, and we want we want men to, to to follow that. And I think that they will once they see what the Martyr's Walk is all about.
1: Jason, so when does the Martyr's Walk take place and how often will it be offered?
3: So our first main event is August 24th to the 26th. This is going to be a monthly event. That is our goal, please God. Um, You know, the Mm. the Christian boot camps do it once a month or more. The secular boot camps do it once or more. You know, we have... 30 million catholic men in our country. If I can't get 200 men uh, a year then you know shame on me uh, or or maybe that's just not god's will perhaps but but we want to do it once a month and we've already set our date for september so we can start moving into that model so september 28th to the 30th will be our our second event but that's our goal every single month.
2: You, you know you know Jason as you know uh, man is a body soul composite And so this whole thing, it just appeals to how God made us as men. Uh, Men are physical. We like physical challenge. And at the same time, uh, the the, the spiritual component there is, uh, you know, you need to be in harmony, both, you know, body, soul and spirit there. You know, you just got to be be together. So, yeah, this is I got a feeling you're going to get a lot more than 200 men a year
1: and uh, we need to pray to that end. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, what takes pl- what play? What take? What actually takes place during a, a martyrs' walk? What
3: takes place? So, we have the horarium or you know, the schedule online. It it follows sort of the monastic um, day. Uh, we begin with you know prayer and formation. There is uh, the reading. Uh, the, the you know after morning prayer the reading of the Roman martyrology is one of the most important components. Uh, and we do that because it's important for these men to, to know about these, these unknown martyrs um, that, that have pretty much been uh, deleted from our society and, and unfortunately very quieted in our church. And so they, they will hear about that. They'll have their morning lessons of you know, exercise, uh, morning PT, if you will, and then through the day, uh, we have different different exercises and, and lessons that they will they will go through. And we refer to those as aura et labora in the Benedictine model. Um, and we can't go into too many details of what exactly takes place. Some of the videos will give you a hint, uh, but it, these are the trials, the, the, the physical, the spiritual, and mental trials you will be put through to uh to see you know what more you are capable of. Uh, and they'll just be a combination of the physical and the spiritual and the mental. It will be the most difficult, our hopes, the most difficult spiritual event and the most difficult physical event in those two kind together will we'll create a, the most difficult mental event you will go through to create this, 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 this sting of conscience, this muscle memory so that you know that it is there. And you can dig in that tool bag and you can use it. And not just for the blood martyrdoms, you know, but, you know, in our world, you never know these days, but the small martyrdoms, we want men to start to look at the very small martyrdoms, the white martyrdoms every single day, holding their tongue, custody of the eyes, appetite, Mm -hmm. all of these things. If you can't control those, when the blood martyrdom comes, it's going to be next to impossible for a man to be ready for that.
2: Amen. I like that. You know, it's a mindset. It's a life. It's a it, you know, it's it's how you live your life uh, that gets us ready for that moment. Right. That's right. Yes. Amen. Paul, you got a question? Yeah. Um, so is there any type of uh, spiritual preparation that a person would need to do uh, before he decided to endeavor on this?
3: I would say he, um, you know, be open, you know, be praying for God's will. You know, just mm-hmm. be open, uh, you know, be, you know, obviously try and try and get to confession and, and you know, be preparing. Ah, uh, there is no like preparation that. for what we're going yeah. to put them through at all. Yes. But,
2: yes. I like that, though. Confession. That would be important because we want we want people to be in a state of grace when they they go through this experience so that they can gain the most out of it.
3: That's right.
1: Jason, what about do it, any, any physical? What about any physical conditioning to to need to be in uh, prior to signing up, or or uh, what would you advise there?
3: You know, it it is a, it is a physical event. Um, it is catered to each man's ability. Uh, we have lots of guys reaching out that say, "Hey, i um, I'm I'm overweight, or I have some limitations," and um, I would say minimally. A man should be able to at least have be be capable of a light jog, uh, perhaps lift 25 pounds, and uh, and have almost full full use, if not full use of of their limbs. I know that that sounds very kind of base and bold, but um, each man is going to be challenged to his to his own. There's not a it's not a competition. You know, some have been like, "Oh yeah, I'm up for this." You know, it's like a tough mudder or it's like a a Spartan. No, no, you will be competing with yourself. That is it. And um, we are our goal right now we're we're looking at 18 to 60 but I've had requests for guys as young as 16 and upwards of 70 and we will cater to them. We want every man. You know, eventually at some point we'd love to have like a youth event like an under 18 and and strictly for the younger guys and perhaps an older for the for the older gentlemen. But but right now we want as many men and we will we will work with them however we need to to make sure that that they it's it, it's tapered to their ability but even whatever your ability is you will be pushed to it no nope. so jason no, how, how, how,
1: how does somebody sign up for the for T, the, the TMW and what's the process to sign
3: up so they can go online to the website and on the website there is a uh, a tab at the top that says the application Simply put, they can go to the application, fill out their information. There is no wrong or right answer. You know, be as blunt and as honest as possible. You know, please don't put stuff on there that you're a stellar uh, Catholic and a stellar athlete and all that, because it's not going to matter when it comes down to it. However, we wa- we just want to know a little bit more about you. And then from there, we will do a personal interview with you via phone call or Zoom because we want to, to really set set the standards and really have folks understand, you know, what they're entering entering into, and what we're going to be requesting from them. So so it'll, it it's a process. It does require an approval of the application, um, but it but it is you know our goal is as many men as possible. It's not limited to just Catholics. You know, I've got non Catholics yeah. asking about it, and and. We're not going to taper anything. We're not going to change anything in what we do in our formation that's based on the truths that we have have, have determined will lead a man to heaven. And the, the pinnacle of man is a Catholic man. So we're going to use all of those tools uh, of the Catholic faith. And you know what? We, we may just get some conversions out of it. And even if we don't, we're not there to convert them, but we are there to present them with some, some truths about uh, being a Christian man and what their responsibility is. Jason, give us the website one more time. Give us the website. www.themartyrswalk.com. You can find us on uh, Instagram and Facebook, and just Google the Martyrs Walk. You
1: have any parting comments? Uh, yeah, I just
2: want to say God bless you, Jason, for for, for everything that you're doing, and uh, I look forward to see what the ultimate success of the program of the program is going to be. You've got a spot.
0: All right, Jason.
1: Thanks, brother. God bless you. We'll talk.
0: Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151.
1: Thought patrol, patrol Jesus 911. Hey Paul, I like what this guy Jason this uh guy Jason Murphy's doing. I think uh it's going to bear much fruit. This is probably something that's going to uh strengthen the faith of a lot of Catholic men and even even evangelize a lot of Catholics. Yes. and bring them, bring them in from lukewarm catholicism to vibrant catholicism well that's the kind of thing that's needed in this day and age just uh, as
2: you know we're in hand to hand combat like you said we're not watchmen on the wall anymore the enemy has breached the walls and it's hand to hand combat so uh, you know this this approach to men to 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 assume their role their god given role as their as the spiritual leaders of their family uh to have a willingness to give no greater love assist than a man lay down his life that's what martyrdom is all about and that's the that's the attitude that's the mindset that we all need to
1: have as men <clears throat> yeah amen paul i want to move on to another direction i'm looking here at an article written by a priest friend father dave next good friend of the show is called liberation theology and synodality if you look at the front picture of those two uh caucasian men they're jesuit priests Mm-hmm. And they're surrounded by a bunch of uh, Hispanics in, in, I don't know what uh, Latin American country. Uh, but the fact is, that's, that's the face of liberation theology, where mm-hmm. these uh, Catholic priests, they've essentially uh, become social justice warriors. They've taken off the Roman collar, and they've uh, they become revolutionaries for uh for change agents of change let me uh, start off this article then i want to hear some comments uh, from you liberation theology is a marxist heresy that developed in latin america during the 70s and 80s declaring that the way to liberate the poor was not liberation from sin but rather liberation from oppression even to the point of using violence against the upper uh, the upper and middle class like all Marxist movements, it lost control of its violence. The epicenter of liberation theology in the 1980s was Nicaragua, when countless bishops and priests supported the Marxist Sandinista movement. And Malachi Martin, rests in peace, in his 1987 New York Times bestseller, "The Jesuits," explains this movement. Of Marxist priests and bishops. Here's what Meliki Martin said on page 15 of his book: "Quote, it was a dream come true, a dream put into a clear, into clear words by the same Father Boff. The sacred power must be put back into the hands of the people. No teaching or directing authority would be be allowed from above, from the alien, hierarchic church. In fact, the very symbols of that church." must be firmly rejected symbols and all else must only come from below from the people Mm. from their base communities Mm. nearly a thousand of them in Nicaragua alone in time and nearly 300,000 in Latin America at large the idea of base communities spread to the United States where they are sometimes called gatherings close quote you want to pick Mm. up the next paragraph Paul
2: yes notice that to. Reprogram the minds of Latin American Catholics away from apostolic Catholicism, aka traditional Catholicism, and towards a Marxist principle. The liberation theologians could not tell average Catholics to trash all of divine revelation immediately. But ultimately, this would be a diabolical message from the hierarchy to the peasants. You need to be liberated by the blood of the rich not by the precious blood of Jesus Christ
3: wow let's, com- is- let's
2: comment let's comment on this Jess right now yes. wow wow <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's amazing but as you know Jess liber. In, and and by the way Jess you can see uh you know in the explanation of what this is it's a from the base up we see the inversion as you know that uh uh, the, the catholic church is a hierarchical uh, institution where it's supposed to be from the top down right and yes. so so this synod on synodality then is the idea we hear it from uh, from the holy father when he says uh you know the church needs to listen to them you know uh li- you know listen rather than teach and instruct which is what christ commanded us to do we're listening now to the bottom level, to the base level uh, in order to uh, basically uh, shape how the church is going to respond to meet their needs. When in reality, sacred scripture says that, no, we're to be conformed to the image of Christ. And the Holy Father is supposed to be that visible representation of Christ.
1: Uh, so, so, So it's completely inverted. Yeah Paul this is uh this is this is a, a, a diabolical inversion because that's exactly what Satan wants to do he wants to rule from below he wants to rule yes. all of us from below because he is from below yes. uh he does not want uh he does not want authority and order to come from above which is yes. was which is generally what we would say well, the dwelling place of god uh yes. and so this this whole inversion of of structure and order and form, this is satanic. This is diabolical. And the same thing is happening in our country, Paul. We see the same Marxist plan that's happening in America right now, and it's very effective. Yeah, uh, it's it. it, it, it what, what I think one of the uh, Father Martin Melchior Martin's when, when he quotes uh, Father Boff, where he says. The sacred power must be put back in the hands of the people. No mm. teaching or directing authority would be allowed from above. Again, Marxism ultimately is a rejection of God. So these Catholics from liberation theology, they can call themselves Catholics, but essentially they they, they use the label of Catholics, but they're secular humanists. They're nihilists. Yeah. They yeah. They, op- they operate with, with an entirely uh, just a, a, a simple world view. They're secular humanists, uh and and their view of the world is secular and their solutions are secular as well. Only only oh, yeah. man has a solution to, to our problems. Yeah, Jess, and 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 we know that
2: in order to uh, bring about this this philosophical viewpoint, this ideology, uh the Catholic Church is in the way because it's the Catholic Church that is built the Western world. And so you either have to distort the church and twist it to conform to this, uh, which is not the church at all, or you basically have to just, uh, you know, eradicate the church, you know, altogether. And so that's what we see right now. You have to remember that the spiritual and the physical, just they parallel each other in, in, and so as what we see going on in the world we see us moving towards uh and you and, and all liberalism by the way just ends in slavery you know it, it's it, it, it yeah it almost sounds like what how can liberation and freedom and the and the cry for freedom result in that because they don't want freedom under god just they want freedom uh, away from god ultimately and so freedom away from god results in marxism which results in basically communism which results in total totalitarianism total control so that's the lie the lie of freedom and it's going to result in slavery and this is where we (laughs) see society yeah Yeah. really and society is moving toward this uh uh, preparing for antichrist because if christ came if the son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed, he says. Well, then the, 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 then Satan's counterfeit, the antichrist, is all about slavery, right? And he's yeah. all you know, and this is where we see it going.
1: Yeah, John 10:10. Uh, the enemy comes to uh to steal, to lie, and to kill. And he yes. also he also comes to enslave us through sin. Yes, uh, the article says. It quotes Malachi Martin. Malachi Martin continues about the priests in the picture, and he writes this Fernando Cardenal, Ernesto Cardenal, Miguel de Escoto, Brockman, Edgar Parales, and Alvaro Arguello were the showcase priests of the Sandinistas, the intended and the willing legitimizers of this new people's church that mm. would appropriate and redefine all the words of Catholicism. While it severed all papal influence from the church in Nicaragua, the mm. Catholicism of Nicaraguans was about to be converted to Marxism, and uh, should I lost my case. You, can you pick it up from there, Paul.
2: Yeah, and they were effective. These Sandinista priests, uh, as tens and and then scores, and finally hundreds of other priests, nuns, and religious brothers up and down the country, became inspired with this new zeal, the base communities slowly spread wide enough and sent their roots deep enough to make the Sandinistas the new uh, hierarchs of the Nicaraguan society. It was only in 1973 and 1974 that Paul VI became truly alarmed about the Jesuits in general. But by that time, His control over them had weakened. Nicaragua uh, had weakened. Nicaragua, meanwhile, continued to fester with revolution, killings, bombings, bank robberies, torture, and mutilation on all sides. In that theater of violence, strong Jesuit support and Paul VI's procrastination brought the Sandinistas precious time.
1: And it says here, um, to understand the new synod and synodality, one needs to understand the mind of the former Archbishop of Buenos Aires. For Latin America for the Latin American Jesuit in the 1980s, the economic revolution of liberation theology was only one part of reprogramming the average Catholic. I think hmm. we're on a break. Let me see. Rich, are we on a break yet? I'll wait for my engineer guess we're still on. The other part of that was to overturn traditional doctrine in the minds and hearts of the average uh, Latin American Catholic. This is how you trash divine revelation. Remember the first quote of this blog post from the Brazilian Father Bob, who declared, quote, the sacred power must be put into the hands of the people. To this, Father Malachi Martin adds, no teaching or directing authority would be allowed from above from the alien hierarchic church. In fact, the very symbols of that church must be firmly rejected. We'll be back.
0: Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. We're back, Jesus
1: 911. I don't know how much of the the last segment was maybe was cut off or something. I just want to just pick it up here where it says, Father Dave Nix writes, to understand the new synod and synodality, one need only understand the mind of the former Archbishop of Buenos Aires. For the Latin American Jesuit in the 1980s, the economic revolution of liberation theology was only one part of reprogramming the average Catholic. That's what me and Paul were talking about right now on the break. The other mm-hmm. part of that was to overturn traditional doctrine in the minds and hearts of the average Latin American Catholic. And here's what's funny, Paul. I'll, you know what's, I'll tell you what's not allowed. There's two L's. One L is allowed. One L is not allowed. The Latin mass is not allowed by the Marxist clergy, mm-hmm. but the LGBTQ masses are mm-hmm. allowed by Marxist clergy. So mm-hmm. there's there's two masses that have the prefix L, Okay. The Marxist clergy of our time do not allow the Latin mass, but the Marxist clergy of our time do allow the LGBTQ pride mass. What do you have
2: to say about that, Paul? What I have to say is, uh, uh, like our first popes, uh, or or, or, like it says in sacred scripture, um, if we apostles or even an angel from heaven preach to you, a different Christ, you know, uh, let him be anathema, Paul said, you know, uh, let him be anathema. Why? Because there are different truths out there, Jess. There's different things that are being preached. Uh, The mass, the Latin mass is the mass of the ages. It's the mass that the saints, the holy saints have cut their teeth on. And so when, uh, again, as you pointed out, just there's an uh we talked about it, there's an inversion that has happened. And now it's all about the will of the people. Uh, Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre he wrote a book years years ago called They Have Uncrowned Him. And so that mm-hmm. essentially what he's saying is Christ. Has been dethroned by man and man has basically ascended to sit on the throne and invoke not the Lord's will, not my will, but thy will be done, Father, but their own will. And their own will, we know what sacred scripture says the heart of man is desperately sick, exceedingly wicked above all things, and who can know it? And just the chaos that we see now today going on in society is as a result of man essentially detaching himself from god from the law of god which brings safety it brings structure it brings security for us uh when you get rid of the law then uh then you have full blown um uh, uh lawlessness man- yes emancipation which results in every man's opinion is important and every every truth becomes uh uh, uh relative there's no more absolute
1: truth, and this is what we see going on in society today. That's right. Uh, Father Dave Nix writes here at the article, ends. he says, the link between the synod and synodality and liberation theology, theology becomes obvious. Mm. In both cases, opinion polls will be used to reprogram the faith given by Christ to the apostles in a secularist, humanist, Marxist theology of Freemasonic rules. Of course, they will not have traditional Catholics voting for what they think is important. The listeners are pre-selective, pre-selected for a foregone conclusion, pushing anti-Catholic principles. What a statement. That's so true. Voting for doctrine is truly the goal of both liberation theology and the Synod of Synodality. Mm-hmm. This, again, has its roots in the 1980s Jesuit theologians, including former Archbishop of Buenos Aires, now our Pope. In fact, the Synod website itself sounds a lot like the quotes above from Malachi Martin's book on the Jesuits. The Vatican's Synod website currently declares the following quote on paragraph 22, a synodal church is a listening church. Hmm. Yeah, except if you're traditional and they don't listen to you mm-hmm. or, or, or unless you're orthodox, they won't listen. This awareness is the fruit of the experience of the synodal journey, which is a listening to the spirit through listening to the word and listening to each other as individuals and among ecclesial communities for the local level to the continental and universal levels. That's that's all baloney. That's all a lie. They don't yeah. listen to anybody who's orthodox they don't listen mm-hmm. to anybody who is traditional and they don't listen to most things that come right out of the bible because yeah, they listen did,
2: to those yeah they listen to those who who uh, who basically embrace their ideology yeah
1: yeah the last paragraph it says so when one reads about voting for doctrine keep in mind that the conclusions are predetermined by the elite this is how all marxist theology works it has the goal of overturning the Bible and the magisterium in favor of a doctrine and liturgy that is Freemasonic in principle. Mm. Only the blood of Jesus can liberate rich and poor from their sin. Amen. But but for liberation theologians, it is only the blood of the rich that can liberate the poor. And that is precisely why all the documents from the Vatican over the past decades are peppered with fraternity, equality, and Mm. liberty, the three principled uh principles of the French Revolution. Oh, Such yep. will be the center of the instrumentum laboris of the synod and synodality. Like communism, this is the gospel of death. It's not the gospel of life. Well written Father Dave Nix. Oh Good yeah job, he's my
2: main he's my main man Jess. Uh he's got his finger <laughs> on the pulse. It's exactly exactly God's truth. You know that he is that he has brought forth today. We need to expose the lie, uh, the the lies that are out there, and we need to hold on uh, to the truth, Jess. We need to hold on to that which has been passed down through the centuries, and and not budge one inch. And if it means our
1: death, so be it. Yeah, you're right, Paul. That's where we're at right now. Yeah. Come with me. If, if we're gonna, yep. if if we die standing up for the truth, then yep. this is our time to die. Uh, yep. l- l- I'll just give you. I'll, I'll try to simplify what is liberation theology in in my own words. Liberation theology, it's an attempt to harmonize Christianity and Marxism. Mm-hmm. That's it's that simple. Mm-hmm. It's it, it it's trying to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Out of Christianity and Marxism, you you just yeah. can't do it. Or yeah. I'll, I'll maybe a better analogy: it's like trying to put oil and water together. They're not going to mix. Okay, it's incompatible. So- well, yeah, I'll give
2: you I'll, I'll give you a better analogy, Jess. It's like. Uh, a trans person after they go through their surgery, you know, a, and to say, I'm a woman. Are they really a woman? No. And that's what it is. It's basically taking something and trying to mold it into something else. I like and the that. part, And the it, parts don't fit. I like
1: that. It's transgender Christianity. Yes. I like that. That's yes. a good, that's a good. Uh, also, Marxism, if you notice, it, it's, it's this desire by the Marxists in our church and the Marxists in secular society, they want to establish this worldly paradise. Yes. They, 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 don't, they don't believe in heaven, so to speak. So they want to establish a worldly utopia. So you heard it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. And mm-hmm. how do they want to do it? Through through economic means. Um, they'll fit through wars, through uh taxation. Mm-hmm. through regulation, uh, uh, even through enslavement, if they have to. Yes,
2: yes, just yes. They want the kingdom. They want all the benefits. They want eternal life. Yes. Even, But they don't want the king. They don't want it on God's terms. They want it on their own terms. And when they, it, it's like when you try to create life on your own terms, you get Frankenstein. <laughs> that's what
1: you get. You get Frankenstein, right? That's what liberation, the- that, yeah, that's the, yeah. that's, that's what the fruits of liberation theology is a Frankenstein society. You don't believe me. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, Antifa, black lives matter, uh, transgenderism, the temple of Satan, Mm -hmm. uh, school shootings, child mutilation. Yeah. Culture of death. Culture of of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Everything tends toward death. Paul, it's like, it's like we're we're seeing a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, you know? and uh, it, it, that that that's what uh, this this uh, liberation theology gives us, which is essentially it, it's it's an atheistic system. It's an yes. atheistic system. Yes. It it, it, it does not As- allow. It doesn't not allow for the notion of God. Yeah. It's a
2: spiritual zombie apocalypse, Jess. Like I I like yeah, that because yeah. that's exactly what's going on here. You know, there's a you know, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. You know what I mean? Their godliness is 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 not is not true godliness. It's a it's it's the skin of the truth. Stuff with a lie. That's what Hank Hanegraaff used to say. Remember that?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> The skin you know, of the
2: truth, stuff with a
1: lie. <laughs> he, yeah, he's not a Greek. Well, he's not a Greek Orthodox. He's been a Greek Orthodox for uh, yeah, about 15 he's, years. He's, he's getting closer. <laughs> he's a, Hey, he's a sacramental Christian. Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah. God bless, so, God bless Hank Hanegraaff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he's got, he does got Catholic sensibilities. So uh, yeah, Paul, that that that's pretty much a wrap. up. all I want to just tell, just say is exactly liberation theology. It's a cheap, it, it's a it's a cheap imitation. It's one of those false gospels that Saint Paul yes. warned the Galatians about. You know, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? That's what I see the most Catholics or any Catholic yes. priest. Oh foolish Catholic, who has bewitched you? How can you embrace anything that even smacks of Marxism? This comes from the pit of hell, Paul. Final word. Yeah. And this is why we need to listen to people like
2: Jason who who want to give men the real experience about you know what God has created men for. He has created us for this moment, just for a time such as this, to rise up, to speak the truth in love, to defend the faith, to to join, you know, under the mantle of our blessed mother. Let us continue to do battle with the wicked one. Finish us up, just take
1: us home. Amen. Amen. Remember, brothers and sisters, it's all about living in a state of grace. You are useless to Holy Mother Church if you're living a wretched life. If you're living a life in mortal sin, call yep. upon the name of the Lord. Ask the Lord, Lord, I, I need you. Uh, you know, c- change my heart. Get down on your knees. Mm. Do, do an act of contrition. Pound your chest. Yes. Say, Lord, be merciful to me, a yes. sinner. Yes. We're called to be great saints. Yes. Don't miss the opportunity. Yes. You know. We gotta set ourselves from this corrupt generation. Set yourself apart from this world. Bro- We're called to be saints. We weren't made to fit in with the secular society. And remember, don't be afraid. Think of the battle cry of the, crus- of the crusaders: Christ, Christ, uh, yeah. "Christ reigns." Christ, and Christ reigns. Christ conquers. Christ commands. Brothers and sisters, Christ. Next time, same time, same Christ channel. God bless you peace faith.